So quick programming change here. One of the movies we had changed its release date. I know you were promised Roar this week. You're getting that. We had to kind of shift our schedule around to make some things happen. So apologies for the lie there, but you will get an episode about Roar, and we highly recommend you watch it first. So seek it out. Go watch Roar, and we'll have an episode for you shortly. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Lano. With me, as always, a man who's got a bounty of wonderful toys, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. We are Dissecting the 80s, a fortnightly podcast discussing the pop culture of our favorite decade, the 1980s. Be it a movie, a TV show, cultural icon, or a pay-per-view event. And to celebrate the surely terrible Batman vs. Superman, we're here talking about where it all began, 1989's Batman. So you know what that means. We gotta go back, Marty. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your bat, Marty. Something's gotta be done about your bat. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. So this is the first major studio big money super film adaptation. Yeah, superhero villain film adaptation. There was obviously some movie attempts before this, but this is a, the 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 landmark of all the superhero movies. And you loved this growing up. Not as much as I love Batman Returns, but okay. yes. And is that the one with the Riddler? Cat That's the one with Catwoman. Catwoman. Okay. Um which I still to the like as an actor like I I loved it as a kid because I liked I liked lady heroes or lady characters, but now as an actor I'm like Michelle Pfeiffer's transformation as Catwoman is bananas amazing. Yeah. I remembered not liking this very much, and as we watch I watched it for this, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But yeah, I have some quibbles, as you might guess, as I always do. Yes, I am also as I am someone who read who dabbles in comic books. I don't read a lot of them, but the ones that I do read, I enjoy a lot. Um, I read the Harley Quinn New 52. I've read a couple issues of Batman. I um, I have pretty limited comic exposure for Batman. I've read um, Kevin Smith's two runs, which really aren't canon to anything but themselves. Uh, I've read Dark Knight Returns, I think, the Frank Miller ones. I've read both of those. Yeah, and then Dark Knight Returns. And then got hip to how racist and awful he was in his real life and suddenly was like, oh, that's why his... Oh, is he really? Oh, you don't know this? I didn't know well, that. Well, he's a real monster. Oh, that's a He's, shame. like, super Islamophobic. Like, super duper Islamophobic. <sighs> oh, no. Yeah, that's... The the new Batman is called the Master... Ra- the new Dark Knight, the third in the Dark Knight books, is called the Master Race. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Frank Miller is not a dude. Actually, we shouldn't talk about him because apparently he like likes to get into Twitter fights with people who call him out on his shit. So I guess maybe maybe oh. we'll get into. A f- I mean, I mean, we'll get into. We'll get some. Pre- hang on, I I need to check something now. I'm gonna, brb. One <sighs> second. Oh, you're actually going to go check something. What are you doing? Okay, no. I I have a Batman comic. Like I only own a couple, and I was afraid it was Frank Miller. It's not. No, you'd know it was Frank Miller because it looks like it's drawn by a four year old. He is a really terrible artist, and I don't understand how he ever got the ability to draw his own books. He's like unbelievably bad. Really? Yeah, look up, look up the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, I'm. He's the guy who made Sin City. Yeah, but he also did um, Spirit. Oh, who I am thinking of a different artist then. 
I, oh, I'm thinking of the killing joke, which I'm pretty sure is Alan Moore. I'm pretty sure he wrote that. He doesn't draw. Hang on. Anyway, if you're a woman in a Frank Miller book, you're either a whore or dead. Like, literally, that's your two options. So he's kind of... Oh, yeah. Alan Moore did the killing joke illustrated by Brian Bolland. Okay. So uh, how uh, Frank Miller ever got the ability to draw his own books, I'll never know, because it is the ugliest art on Earth. But I kind of like the new Batman versus Superman certainly seems to be borrowing a lot from The Dark Knight Returns, which is like an older Batman fighting Superman. And I don't want to take four hours to discuss how stupid that movie sounds to me, but holy shit, is that the kind of thing where you're just baffled as to what a studio is possibly thinking? Like, guys, we don't do that anymore. We're not grim, dark, black movies But it's anymore. not even that. Like, you can be grim and dark if you want to do grim and dark. That's fine. Like, I didn't have a problem with the darker Nolan Batman movies. I had no problem with them. But this new movie has Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman... Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. another villain whose name I can't remember, and it's R-rated, or there's an R-rated cut that exists. Oh, yes, really? That is, the, the, the MPAA has approved an R-rated cut of this movie. Whether It will probably not be the one released in theaters, but it, it, is, it exists and will be out on DVD. And it's a sequel to the corny as hell Man of Steel. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't. I hated that movie. Like absolutely loathed with every fiber I, I legitimately could not finish it i made it 45 minutes in and was like i'm done with this i'm not watching the rest of this movie i cannot possibly deal with this anymore and then i started wow. fast forwarding to see the fight scenes because i was like well maybe at least they'll be visually interesting later because i could not give a shit about this story no because it's all dark well it is dark especially for a superman movie but then like look I know that I notice product placement more than most people but the third act of man of steel pretty much takes place in a fucking ihop it's like they're have him and Zod are having like a Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity in between their fist fights, and I just don't need it. But more than that, it's just inexplicable. Uh, at the beginning, Pa Kent chastises him for saving a bus full of children from drowning because they might know that he has powers. Like he legitimately <laughs> scolds him and is like, "You can never reveal who you are. Don't show that to people." And he's like, y- "Yeah, but it was a bus full of kids who were gonna drown," and he just kind of shrugs. And then later, yeah, I mean, they their family. There's a tornado, and everybody goes gets out of their car and goes to hide under an overpass. It's on the highway, and mm-hmm. the, there's a, like a dog trapped in the car. I think it's the the Kent's dog. I, I don't remember the detail, but instead of sending you know Superman to go get the dog, Pa Kent walks into a tornado and dies. Why? That's how he dies. Okay, great. That makes sense. So. So yeah, not a real big fan of Man of Steel. It's it's just so cornball. It's poorly written. It's poorly the whole thing's a mess. And I know people like Zack Snyder. I'm not one of them. I think he's like average at best and is just kind of broy in a way that makes me annoyed. So that has been my rant about a movie that I'm not even going to go see. Let's talk about this Batman instead, unless you have more to add. I mean, now I'm just reading. I I went to Frank Miller's Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's I, a bad rabbit hole to get into, my friend. I know. Well, it says um, his, his film, the film adaptation of 300, has been perceived as promoting fascist values, denigrating Iranians, and his hate speech against disabled people. Holy Terror has been accused of being anti-Islamic propaganda. Holy Terror is dish- straight up anti-Islamic propaganda. I I didn't know it existed, and it was supposed to be a Batman book, and DC was like, "No way, buddy!" And so I- a superhero named the Fixer as he battles Islamic terrorists. Yes, it's 
crazy town. I found some panels of it that people had put online, and I was just flabbergasted that he thought that the, a mainstream publication was going to print his just Islamophobic nonsense. Garbage hate speech. It, it, he has a bun- he particularly has too many prostitutes, and he doesn't have humanity in his female characters. Yes. His female characters are literally either dead or hookers. I wasn't joking. Alan Moore, Alan Moore hates yeah. them. Yeah. Well, Alan Moore hates everybody, so that's not really news. But yes, Alan Moore definitely does. Not- Homophobic and misogynistic. Yes. He's a gross. He's a oh. gross scumbag. Frank Miller, you're a gross scumbag. I would tell that to his face. I think he's a gross scumbag. I'm sorry. You have really backward views, and I don't like them. And I retroactively regret reading your book. That's so upsetting. Also, you can't draw, and that's the truth. You're a terrible drawer. You suck at it. Well, now, uh, originally you said, let's avoid getting into a a, tw- a flame war on Twitter. <laughs> but I guess, if, I guess if, screw if that. If somebody forwards this on to Frank Miller and it turns into a flame war, I will deal with the fallout, which will be, why is Frank Miller talking to a podcast with 350 Twitter followers and having a fight with them, which I'm fine with. I mean, hey, maybe he'll get some traction for us. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine a headline that reads Frank Miller in Twitter spat with dissecting the 80s? No, because oh that would be God. stupid. Would be, but that would, would be the stupidest. Why would he do that? BuzzFeed would write that. BuzzFeed <laughs> would write that, though. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about 1989 Batman since we've dithered for 10 minutes about right. Batman. Did you, did, you, did you have any questions about Batman? Or did you well, I did. Uh, so... Are his gadgets bat-shaped in the books? Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. They're not all exclusively bat-shaped, okay. but, like, the batarang is bat-shaped, okay. and uh, most of the things are. Because in the, later in the movie, he has things that aren't bat-shaped, but in the beginning, it's a lot of bat-shaped items, and it seems relatively impractical. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, a banger a, a bangarang. That's hook. <laughs> Listen, Rufio, wrong movie. <laughs> a boomerang... Already has a curve to it and a batarang, like a bat shape curve makes sense to me. Yeah, but they're circles. And, or they're ovals. Uh-uh. No, they're, they because the bottom of the wings point, like, do more of an extreme yeah, curve. It's pretty much an oval. I don't think so, <laughs> but okay. Anyway, so we start off here with a pretty cool matte painting extension of the Gotham City set. And it's a family, a mom, dad, and a kid, like, hustling to get a cab. And I'm like... And originally, I was like, is this an origin story well, for Batman? I, I mean, I knew it was going to be, but I was like, wait, Daddy Wayne is, like, really rich. Why don't they have a car? Right? And mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. oh, it's a twist. This kid's not Bruce Wayne. Batman comes in to save the day. And I thought, like, oh, man, that's really awesome. It's cool to know that, like, the first one of these wasn't an origin story because that's all these are now. Like, every one of these... Superhero movies has to be an origin story. We know how Spider-Man got his right, powers. Right, We know right. by now. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, so did you see Ant-Man? I okay. didn't. So I, I, I liked Ant-Man well enough. It's fine. It's a perfectly acceptable movie. It had some cool moments. But it spends, like, a lot of time getting to the point where he learns how to be Ant-Man. And I just, like, just let him be Ant-Man. I, I'm in a movie where you're telling me a guy can shrink down to the size of a, a, an ant and and retain his strength as a human. Like I don't, you don't have to be really hard on the explanation. I I'm gonna buy that because I also buy that the one dude built a suit in his garage that shoots magic cannons and he can fly around the world. <laughs> and that other dude took a magic drug and is a super. Like I'm in. I'm here already. I'm here. You can just yeah. go. You don't have to. And so that's been my frustration. Is like I just I'm sick of origin stories because they're all the same. I mean, I still want to see Ant-Man. <laughs> that he becomes an ant? 
Yeah. <laughs> he just turns into your aunt. And she just, like, what, feeds you dinner or something? Yeah, she got dinner. She got, she got cookies, maybe. <laughs> your birthday card. 20 bucks tucked in it. Yeah. Um, we then, you know, he saves the day for this kid. We meet Harvey Dent. These muggers are super on map. <laughs> yes, they're tweaking like crazy. Like, they have the like the patches on their face. The like they've scratched their skin. Gone yes, patches. They're, they're t- super hard tweakers. So Batman comes in and is like, "Hey, give that stuff back. Stop, stop being muggers." Punches them a bunch. Tell tell your friends about <laughs> me. <laughs> With that, I was like, "That was a weird part to add there." I guess, right? <laughs> no, all right. Smash, <laughs> smash okay. cut to Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Lando yeah. Dent. The, there are so many scenery chewers in this movie. It's crazy that they the cast of this movie is bananas. You got Billy D. chewing mm-hmm. scenery as Harvey Dent. You got Jack Palance playing this like mob mob boss guy, also chewing scenery. And Jack Nicholson, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't gain 50 pounds with all the scenery he chooses <laughs> from movie. eating. Yeah. I'm surprised there was any scenery left. Right. And, like, it's Tim Burton scenery, so it's dark and heavy. You know, it's like a rich, mm-hmm. flavorful scenery that you're chewing. It's, it's a dense, fun yeah. cake scenery. He's just gnawing on it. Left and right. And I I really enjoy Jack Nicholson's Joker. I forget because I don't watch this movie as much as I watch Batman Returns. Right. With Michelle Pfeiffer. But I forget how much I enjoy his joke. Yeah, he really does absolutely kill it. Like, pun intended. Yeah, absolutely. He he goes to eleven and doesn't care that he's at eleven. Like he just is like, "Yep, this is how I'm going to do this." There's no pretense. There's no apprehension. He just crushes it. It's it's an unbelievably good performance, and I'm sure it's properly rated. But by me personally, underrated. I think. Mm-hmm. So like, I love Heath Ledger's portrayals. Portrayal? Portrayal. But this one is so vastly different and also amazing. I think it's it's the world. Like, like you couldn't put Jack Nicholson's Joker in Christopher Nolan's no. Batman universe. It wouldn't work. And, but you also couldn't put Heath Ledger's Joker in... Like, if you put Heath Ledger's Joker up against Michael Keaton as Batman, I don't know what would happen. It would be really fascinating to watch because it's... Heath Ledger's Joker is like... An anarchist. Yes. And G- Jack's is more of a sociopath. Mm-hmm. So he has – the Heath Ledger one wants to watch the world go mad, and Jack Nicholson very clearly just wants to get at Batman, which is mm-hmm. a very different motivation, which is kind of interesting. and makes them vastly different, but also both excellent. Did you see the Bob Kane drawing? No. Where was it? When the reporter goes into the newsroom, yeah. and they're like, hey, we got a sketch for you, and it's a sketch of a guy, of like a businessman with yeah. bat wings. It says Bob Kane. Oh, that's awesome. That's a cool little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. It yeah. Cute. Um, Arliss is, I know him as Arliss, but his name is Jack Wool, I think, is the actor. He he plays the reporter. I don't, mm-hmm. he, it was an HBO, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Arliss, but we must have had HBO in the late 90s, and it must have run a lot of ads for it, because Robert, Robert, Robert Wool, not Jack. If I see Robert Wool, I think Arliss, and I really legitimately don't think I've ever seen an episode of Arliss. <laughs> But somehow those are linked in my head, so it's got to be well, you know, it's got to be HBO in the late nineties. So, how do you feel about Kim Basinger? Because the thing that a solid medium, <laughs> the thing that I wrote, I felt kind of mean about, and I was like, I wonder what you're going to say because you're generally meaner to people on the show than I am, and I was <laughs> thank you, someone's got to be. And so I was curious what your reaction is. I just think she's very vanilla. Okay, because I. Like, she doesn't add anything. To I wrote movie. that she is the definition of generic blonde actress. 
she has yeah. very little talent and obviously like she was a model so she's not really here because she's a talented actress she's here because she's very pretty she's not my cup of tea but that doesn't mean other people might not like to drink it but you know some people like different flavors of ice cream than yeah, I, I do right mm-hmm. but she adds nothing to it and there's parts where she's acting and i'm just like "Ugh, why did you cast this why wouldn't you have casted anybody else throw helena bottom carter in there at least she'd be interesting of that'd be a very weird Vicky Vale. Yeah, but this whole movie is weird. Because you'd have to put her in a blonde wig. Well, and I feel like you don't have to do that. You can make know, the you can vale make the blonde. you can make the internet nerds real angry. It's fun to do that. I know. Vicky Vale's blonde. Either way, click 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 click. Either way, I think Helen and Bottom Carter is a very weird. I know. I just that was the first Tim Burton actress that leapt to mind for obvious reasons. I'm surprised he didn't try to get Winona Ryder. I'm surprised he didn't try to get Johnny Depp to play the Joker. <laughs> they weren't working together yet. Well, he was in the back of his mind. I think Scissorhands was their first thing. Well, I have to think he was thinking about yeah. it. Timmy. Winona Ryder as Vicky Vale. She would look weird blonde too. Or no, she yeah, she does she cuz she does that in Scissorhands. No, you know who it should have been? Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. He's yeah. a little old for Vicky Vale, don't you think? But I still think she'd be a great Vicky Vale. <laughs> I'm just saying. Think about it. She was it. playing like moms at this point in her career. I know, but think about it. Like, she'd be good. Wait, this is like three years before Home Alone, right? Uh, it's 89. Yeah. So, yeah. so she's like solidly a mom at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, she also, she was in Beetlejuice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she was. Mom. So that's a weird choice for Batman's love interest, don't you think? Nah. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> so Harvey Dent is committed to stamping out crime, as you'd imagine. It, it's a Batman movie. If you've seen any Batman movie, you're, you know the basic plot of this. This one happens to have the Joker in the antagonist role, but it's some people want to figure out who the Batman is. Some people think that he's a hero. The police are kind of ambivalent about it, and there's a bad guy mm-hmm. causing havoc in the city. I mean, all these movies are the same generic plot. Yeah, the idea is that this is earlier in his Batman career. Yeah, he it's sort of like he's just started doing the vigilante thing. Less than a year, yeah. I would say. So Nicholson gets sent to the factory by Jack Palance. And, and this is where I realized that because I remembered that this movie had cool scenes where the Joker put makeup on to cover his white mm-hmm. skin. And I was like, oh, he's doing that now. And then I was like, oh, this is a Joker origin story. But the Joker doesn't have a solid background. Yes. And see, that's that's another thing I want because I looked this up. They call the Joker before he gets Jokered. Jack Napier. But I looked on Wikipedia and could find neither hide nor hair of any Joker before he was the Joker bits. They he well, mm, well. There was the Red Hood, who is also the name of Jason Todd's alter ego after he gets quote-unquote right. killed. But the Joker did have a cr- life before this crime of the Red Hood, and Jack Napier is a common alias of the Joker. Okay. All right. So it's it's somewhat um, canon of the books. I assumed, it, I honestly just assumed they gave him the name Jack so Nicholson wouldn't have to remember something else. Yeah, no, it's because he's used, like when he uses an alias... He also will also just spell the word Joker backwards. He's done that Wait, before. Wait, Rikaj? Mm-hmm. Dr. Rikaj. Oh, okay. I thought that was a first name, Mr. and I was Ra- like, he doesn't... No. That's weird. Mr. Rikaj, Dr. Rikaj. Okay. But he's never been given a solid backstory, 
and like they've tried to, and it's always been like, nah. This the one work. in this one I super duper hate, which we can either talk about now or wait and get to it. I mean, this is uh, the story of him is the close is the most common ex- like commonly accepted one that he was pushed into. He fell into a vat. Of oh, I'm talking about the the him. connection between him and Batman. I'm just going to say it. It's revealed later in this movie. It takes about an hour and a half. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it takes about an hour and a half to get to the Batman's parents were killed in front of him scene. And it's revealed that the person who killed his parents was the Joker. It's like in Spider-Man 3 when they're like, oh, this bad guy killed Uncle Ben. And you're like, no, he didn't. No, he well, did not. It's the same problem I have like when we talk about prequels of like – you you don't meet all of the people foundational in your life before you're mm-hmm. twelve. That that doesn't happen for any human being on the planet. Like, can we stop shoehorning these people? And mm-hmm. he could just be a crazy guy who Batman hates. They don't have to have known each other since Batman was seven. That's ludicrous. That's utterly insane. Yeah. Because also, how the hell old is the Joker then? Right. He's he was like in his twenties when Batman was five. So that means he's 20 years older than Batman, who's now, like, 40? Let's call Batman 35 and the Joker at least 55, pushing 60. That's insane. Like, Jesus. How are they going to have a long feud? He's pushing 60. He's going to be off at psycho retirement home soon. Yeah, right? He's going to Arkham in the geriatric Right. So that's uh, that's I have the same issue with that show Gotham. Not that I've ever watched it, but just the very idea that all of Batman's foes are growing up like are certain years older than him is weird to me. Yes, it is. But also, it, I just saw an ad and it pissed me off. And my boyfriend <laughs> had to listen to me complain about it. So you guys have to listen to me complain about it. They show they're like a fr- uh, uh, they're like a chill is falling over Gotham, and there's like a guy who's frozen, and like all of a sudden they see a, gu- a guy comes out in like a hoodie and big white. Uh, Willy Wonka sunglasses with a freeze. And he gun. says, I still meet you. Yes. Uh, no. And like, the newspapers already have a name for him, Mr. Freeze. And I was like, no, his name is Mr. Freeze. It's just spelled differently. <laughs> Victor F R I E S, Freeze. He is Mr. Freeze in his normal life and Mr. Freeze as a villain. Well, to be fair, it could still be revealed that his name is Freeze in the show and the press just dubbed him Mr. Freeze with a Z. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Victor Freeze. Anyway, so Jack gets sent off on this mission by Jack Palance, who, you know, like a death yeah, mission. we know it's not going well. Cut to it's Bruce Wayne casino night to raise money for some such something. It's the birthday celebration. Oh, yeah. The, the Gotham Bicentennial. So Vicky Vale and Arliss <laughs> show up to investigate. Vicky Vale's. Vicky Vale in a wedding gown. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that too. Why the hell is she it's in a wedding so gown? so weird. Like, why would it be white? Pick that same gown in any other color. Doesn't look they, weird. Well, no, it, they put her in all, in all white the whole movie. I know. If you yes, notice. I did. Because she's like pure and virginal, and he's dark. It's not. I don't. I don't think it was to say she's pure and virginal, but it's that she's the opposite, and they attract. Yeah. I. I. I, um, I did notice. Uh. Okay, here's my okay. thing. If Gotham is a crime-ridden hellhole, sure. why are there so many rich people, and where do they live? <laughs> I have this problem with every one of these superhero movies, right? Like, like Bruce Wayne clearly lives on the boonie, like on the outskirts of right. town. He doesn't live in Gotham. Right. But there's not, like, the rich people community. Well, why does Why <laughs> does anyone live in Gotham? I guess people poor can't move. They can't afford to move. Okay, if you lived in Gotham, right, say you have a thousand dollars to your name okay mm-hmm. you live in gotham where repeatedly people are gas attacked 
water poisoned, mugged, beaten, stabbed, frozen. shot, frozen. Thank you. Whipped. Wrapped in various leaves and plant bits. Punched by a whipped. <laughs> whipped. Punched Hammered. by a crazy luchador wrestler. Eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> Mad hattered. Whatever he does. I don't know. <laughs> he, 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 he hypnotized okay. people. Clay faced. Again, I don't know what that means, but I know that's a guy. He's, he shapes. Okay. Or man bat. Yeah. Okay. So that's 10 or 12 or 15. We just rattle off there. If you had, let's say you had $100 to your name, would you not just be like, I'm out. F it. This is insane. Except you can get a four-bedroom apartment in Gotham for like $20 a month. <laughs> right, because nobody wants to live there because it's literally where all of the bad people live. Yeah, but also a lot of doctors. <laughs> it's the same. I have the same problem with the Avengers, right? Like Dr. Quinzel, <laughs> Dr. Isley. Oh, yes. Dr. All Freeze. these people are ones that I want treating me. But they are real Well, doctors. it's just like you know, the same problem I have with the Avengers, right? Like Stark Tower is in the middle of Manhattan. And then aliens come to Earth and blow a hole in the planet and are like, hey, <laughs> we're coming right at Stark Tower. Guess where I'm moving? As far from Stark Tower as my legs will carry me with whatever I got. <laughs> I, I'm just out. I'm gone. Yeah, but like I said, in Gotham, you can get a four bedroom for like 20 bucks a month. I don't care if it's because, free. Right. It's a hellhole. I do. And also, what jobs are there in Gotham other than like police sketch artists? <laughs> There's corrupt police officer yeah. and supervillain. Yeah, that's it. That's the two jobs you have available to you. It's why... Or vigilante. It's actually interesting, because I was going to bring this up later, but I'll just do that now. It's like, why is it so easy to get henchmen in this... Like, why are there just endless parades of henchmen? And I see it now, because there's no legitimate work to be had in Gotham. Because who would move a grocery store no. there? Cause- there's, like, no grocery... There's, like, there's... And the sequel... In Batman Returns, there's a department store. And that's right. it. Because I can't imagine, like, like Walmart store. is not even showing up there. Even they, the evil giant corporation, is like, whoa, 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 we're not going into Gotham. <laughs> let's Hell let's no. let's be real here. We we ruin small towns. Okay, that town's already ruined. <laughs> They've done their job <laughs> we, for us. We don't need to suck the life out of that town like a big giant vampire. They've already done it. And that's why all these guys have so many henchmen because there's no other way to make money because you have to be a supervillain henchman. Exactly. Well, and you get free free room and board. Right, and probably some health care. I mean, I given hope the, so. Maybe not Given dental. that most of these supervillains are also doctors of some type. Yeah. Doc- yeah if you work for Harley Quinn, you're getting, like, psychiatric evaluations. <laughs> Dr. Freeze is just constantly doing biopsies on you for testing purposes. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Isley is just like, does this make you sick? I mean, I was already sick when I came in here. I thought this mm. was supposed to be helpful. Yeah. Although she's no, you know she she would make you uh, immune to toxins, so that's a pretty good oh, one. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. So anyway, we just digressed for another ten minutes there. I mean, I will talk about Batman villains all day long. The, I I could talk about Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman until the cows come home. Right. Well, none of them are in this movie, so let's try to stick to the Joker. Well, Harley Quinn hasn't been invented right. yet, so let's try to stick to the Joker, if you please, since he's actually in this okay, movie. Fine. So Arliss and Vicky Vale are like sneaking around Wayne Manor. The premise here is Vicky Vale is a world-famous photographer who wants to uncover the Batman. Arliss also wants to uncover the Batman. And so they team up to... And get off the beat. <laughs> as you might guess, uncover the Batman. So they're sneaking around Wayne Manor and they like bust into his armor because room. she's already asked... She already found Bruce Wayne by mistake and was like, hey, can you tell me who Bruce Wayne is? And he's like, um, I actually don't know. And then later she's like, like, who's Thanks, that woman? I got- 
And then you then she walks off to the wedding march. <laughs> Carrying flowers. She puts her veil back yeah. down. <laughs> Vicky yeah. Veil. Her Vicky Hello, Veil. Oh, snap. So they're in Bruce's room of armor, and they're like, why does this guy have a room full of armor? And then he walks in, he's like, because I collect it. And they're like, and they're like oh, oh, you must be. He's like, yes, Bruce Wayne. And the, guy, and the reporter's instantly like, can I have a grant? I'm like, let's not crack jokes when you're clearly trespassing through this man's house. <laughs> right. And then uh, Alfred comes in and is like, hey, there's been a – the chief had to leave really quickly. We should – Unexpectedly. Yeah. Wink. So he runs off. And before he leaves, he's like, also, take these people out of here. Get like a million cases of champagne. Oh, also, uh, give this guy a grant. Because I'm Bruce right. Wayne. And then Alfred just is kind of confused and bounces the hell out of there. And then we see the largest security camera in the world. It is roughly the size of a school bus. <laughs> it's so big. Um, the corrupt cop, his name is Eckhart, which yeah. I found amusing because later Aaron Eckhart would be Two-Face. And every time they said it, it made me chuckle oh. a little bit. Yeah. Um, we get a big old shootout at the factory. Commissioner Gordon shows up. Uh, the corrupt cops are there. It's like a, the corrupt cops and are there to murder Jack Nicholson. And... Commissioner Gordon said to be like, don't murder Jack Nicholson, please. <laughs> don't murder anybody. We're police officers, <laughs> and it's not guys, 2015. Guys, guys, come on. <laughs> and then he, like, tries to take it out, and Batman fights Jack Nicholson, and then Jack Nicholson shoots uh, the corrupt cop, and is like, go to hell, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, and then a canister that's, like, very comically dripping green goop, it's like... Don't open, very poisonous, but it's also dripping the yeah. poison out of it. And I was like, maybe somebody should check the seal on that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not an inspector. OSHA would not be happy here. <laughs> OSHA, I feel like, would be concerned about this. Poison, just... OSHA doesn't go to... Wait, OSHA doesn't go to Gotham. <laughs> they have their own. They're just, they're, there's a stamp. Anything in Gotham, they're like, nope, shut it down. <laughs> you you made your choice. You moved there. You're done for. <laughs> yeah. And you do not get OSHA <laughs> protection. <laughs> So there's a big fight, and the green mist comes out, and then no, he falls into the vat. He falls into a vat of goop, and blah, 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 and then his hand blah, blah, blah. comes out of the like reaching out of it, and then sinks back down. Gives a thumbs up. <laughs> um, Batman drops a smoke bomb, and I kind of liked that the smoke bombs were in glass yeah. bottles instead of just being like a pellet. It was you heard the shatter yes. of glass, and then the smoke happened. I also cool. like that little bit. It felt more real. Um. And is this when we get the first shot of the Joker, or is it? Am I skipping? Oh, right, because he invites he invites Vicky Vale over, and they're sitting at the giant table. Uh, and she's like, "Oh, it's it's a comically large, like a half a mile long table that they're sitting on opposite ends." They're of. basically in different zip codes. Mm-hmm. And they're like shouting to be heard. And she's like, "Do you not want to eat in here anymore?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's go." And they sit in the kitchen with Alfred, and he tells them stories. Yes, and also. I noticed that she was like, can you pass the salt after, right after she said the soup was delicious? Soup must not be super delicious if you're needing to salt it. Just putting that out there. Yeah, lady. Putting that out yeah, there. Yeah, lady. Is it bland? Is the soup bland? Then it's not good soup because you needed to add salt to it. Uh, suck it, Vicky Vale, with your garbage <laughs> food tastes. Also, not to be all Seinfeldy, but soup, not really a meal. It's not. Well, I think it was the first course. We never see more, so I guess it's possible. We don't. Um, in this scene sequence with Alfred and whatnot, we, we get a lot more of Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. And I really think that he's one of the best of them that we've had that as Bruce Wayne, I, I think as Batman, he's okay, I guess, but I really like the way he does the aloof weirdo playboy, mm -hmm. like super rich, kind of out of touch with people, 
guarded and weird. And I, I think he does a really good job with that part of it. I think a lot of his Batman yeah, I, is hampered for me by the fact that the costume is really stupid because the head can't move and it looks dumb to me. That he has to move his whole shoulders. Yeah. It took us from 1989 until 2005 before they were like, wait, why don't we just put a seam there? And move his... Like, yeah. it took 25 years before somebody was like, wait, why does Batman have to move like he's got a neck brace on? <laughs> why is he in a spinal Right, halo? like he's a superhero. He's jumping off buildings, and he walks around like he's in a spinal halo. It's so stupid. <laughs> he has no peripheries. Well, he doesn't. Even in the new one, he doesn't have any peripheral vision. No, he doesn't. Um, this is Well, I think that's what a lot of people say about Michael Keaton, that he's a great Bruce Wayne, but a terrible Batman. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say terrible, but I didn't... It doesn't... It doesn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. We gotta... Although uh, I did... I liked him better in... Okay, shocking. I liked him... I think he kind of grew into more his own as Batman in the second one. Oh. Because then it's Val Kilmer for the third... And f- it's Val Kilmer for the yeah. third, and Clooney for the yes. fourth. That we don't talk about. And then that went away for a long while. Yeah, and then they're like, no, we're done. Shut it down. <laughs> we don't need We don't need more Batmans. And- but we were supposed to get a great Batman. Who? And then it was supposed to be a Harley Quinn Batman. But was it like cast and like no, they, they, the story was written, and they were going to green light it, but then Batman and Robin happened, and they were like, no, uh, uh, hell no. We got a really cool reveal tease for the Joker here, and it cuts between the the Joker and Batman and Basinger, like, so the Joker mm-hmm. doing his thing, and then we got Batman and Basinger, who just like, I could not care less about the two of the Batman and Basinger, and their chemistry is awful, so I don't quite get it, but I'm really into the Joker bits. Agreed. Uh, and then there's like a very bizarre circus score as he comes after Jack Palance. Yeah, I mean, I, it's sort of circusy because clown, which I right, enjoy. right. But it's and circus circusy is kind of Danny Elfman. Yeah, thing. well, you know how I feel about Danny Elfman. I guess we I do know. I guess we've do. never talked about it on the show before, but Andrew is no. super into both Danny Elfman and Tim Burton, and I am as hard opposite of that as you could be. Yeah, <laughs> we agree on lots of things, but this is not one of them. So. uh I really like dark bleak. It's funny because I hate it now. Like I'm like, oh my god, why is everything so dark in these stupid right. movies? But for some, but because of Tim Burton's aesthetic, I'm like, yeah, that's just a Tim Burton right. movie. Yeah, mom and dad always get on me when I talk about this because they're like, you did the same thing, and I was, I'm a, my retort is always like, yeah, but I was four, and I like Andrew didn't kill this movie for him, but you probably didn't want to watch it anymore either. Is like your favorite movie when you were five was Night Before Christmas. Or no, yeah, four or yeah. five, I guess, would be the right, right time frame. And it was like you'd watch it and then rewind it and watch it again. Now even and I would re- the songs I would rewind and even I would rewind each re- song as we played it. And now the opening notes of that movie sends me into like a terror cry, <laughs> and I just like can't deal with it anymore. So mom and dad are always like, "You watch the the." the- Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins. hundred times. Like, yeah, I was four, and like Andrew doesn't hate Nightmare Before Christmas, but I was five years older than him, and so I was like, please don't watch this movie again. Please, oh please, oh please, no, please, no. It's been ruined for me because because of your affinity for it. So yeah, it's still I I it's one of those movies that I watch probably once a year. I can't watch it any more than that right, now. Right, that's pretty good praise. That, you're still watching something once a year. Well, I usually watch it on Halloween. Yeah. It's usually the tail end of Halloween, like usually early November is when I watch it. Like right after Halloween, I'm still feeling Halloweeny, but Christmas. It's a is transition movie for you. You get you, you, it's my transition. You hit both seasons. So 
mm-hmm. Danny Elfman does do a lot of circus score, but this is like really over at circus as he comes back to murder Jack Palance. And I forgot how much I love the prosthetic work on the Joker. The, the mouth thing? Like his his smile is primo. Yeah, I, I spent way too much time trying to figure out how they did it. Mm-hmm. And before just like eventually giving up and, and not figuring it out. I've even looked online of like the Joker and now every time you Google the Joker prosthetic, it's all this, the Heath Ledger wiggle face. Yeah, on. which is like way easier to do than what they did in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't need you don't need prosthetics for that. You can use rigid collodion and get the same right, effect. Right. Um. So I guess I I should have said the Joker reveals when the doctor like takes his bandages off and it's like we we tried we couldn't do that much to save you it was it was really far gone the nerve endings and, and he kills the doctor goes and kills Jack Palance and then we see him without the white makeup on well without the I guess his skin is supposed to be right, right? It was bleached. His skin yeah. is white. Mm-hmm. But it made me wonder, probably takes a few hours to get the white makeup on, right? Yeah. Do you think Nicholson just didn't like it? I wouldn't be shocked, but I see for this scene, no. For the scene at the museum, I think yes. Because there's several scenes where I'm like, he probably should have the white makeup on right now. And and they like work in a way to make it not there and it like... In the in the one in the museum, he gets water splashed on him, so it, like the makeup streaks off and stuff. But it made me just feel like Nicholson probably didn't like putting the makeup on every day, and so they had to kind of. I have no basis in fact for this. It's just my assumption based on how surly mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson is as a person that he probably yeah. wasn't super into six hour makeup sessions at six a.m. Because I, I, it's cool. There's a there's a cool effect where he, you know, he joy buzzes the guy. Yeah. And then he takes out his handkerchief and wipes the sweat from his forehead, and he wipes off the flesh tone, like the white people flesh tone right. makeup, and you see the streak of like bone white underneath, and it's a really cool. Right, look. but it'd be a super easy effect to do if they just had the the rag had white makeup on it. Well, so he literally, yeah, 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 obviously. So I thought that was kind of cool. <clears throat> so now we're trailing Bruce Wayne, who's carrying flowers. Vicky's like trailing, taking photos, mm-hmm. and he's going to lay flowers at the site of his parents' grave. Um, They're murder. Yeah, sorry. That's not no, their grave. It's not their grave. <laughs> they, they, they were not, not buried, buried in, the in the alley. God, that will, but that would be really Gotham-esque <laughs> if they did. It would. They just leave them there. Uh, but no, there's no graveyards in nope. Gotham. They just leave people <laughs> they there. Just, they just when you die, you just bury there. you where you stand. They don't even bury. They put like a blanket <laughs> over you, and they're like, eh, good enough. <laughs> yeah. So they, so Vicky's trailing him as he goes in this alley and kind of trying to figure out what's going on, and then we cut. To, Why is this alley so special? Right. And then we cut to the next day, a press conference where Bruce Wayne is in attendance and a up. bunch of mimes show up and everybody's kind of confused about the mimery. And then the Joker shows up and wreaks havoc and he kills a guy with a feather, which is pretty awesome. Oh, he like, yeah, like he like darts that right into his yeah. neck and the guy like collapses and then the mimes all whip out guns and start like shooting everything. And Bruce Wayne just casually walks toward all the gunfire, which is like. And they, and doesn't get killed no. or shot nope. at at all, which is weird. And Vicky Vale is like Bruce, look out! And at no point does she consider like, why is he just like chilling with the gunfire? That seems weird, right? No, not not weird. Vicky, let's you're a reporter, aren't you? I mean, like photojournalist, I guess, but you're still a reporter, right? You should be a little Lady. bit cognizant of this kind of stuff. But no, you're just a dum dum. We go back to the Joker's hideout, and he like has a data from the Goonies punch arm that hits a television and breaks it it's for great. no possible reason. Uh, but this is a part in this movie that kind of drives me nuts. And part of the reason I really don't like this movie that much is, and I know it's Tim Burton and like, that's, that's part of the reason I don't like Tim Burton is everything is so 
dark. Like even the daylight scenes are dark. Everybody's wearing dark colors. All the cars are black. All of the, the, it's very shadowy. And it's just like, oh my God, like color is okay, man. Like I know it's like the picture of your tortured soul or whatever weirdo nonsense you're spouting, but like have a, have a red thing or whatever. But uh, what? Yes, normally I would. I, I think yes, but this is also very heavily inspired by the Alan Moore comics, and like his like the Killing Joke, where Barbara Gordon gets paralyzed. Right. It's a very specific art style, and he has and like it work. It's it's if you look like the scene where he stands up and the ground is covered in clippings of. Pictures, it's an awesome scene. I was just gonna talk about that. Is yeah. based. It's. It looks like it's lifted straight out of a, an Alan Moore. I comic. have no problem with that, but like the daylight scenes don't have to be black. Like, like I understand being inspired by him, but you could have people wearing other colors than black and dark gray. In the, it's like the Lego Batman joke. Of, I only work in black, and sometimes very, very dark gray. It's okay to have color in Batman's world. It will still work. Yeah, like the Joker's outfit's awesome. He's the only color in this whole damn movie because. It's a really vibrant yeah. purple. But yeah, that scene you're talking about, he's like cutting out pictures of Vicky Vale that his henchmen have taken. And he's the whole ground is littered with these photo cutouts. And it's a great crazy guy scene as it like it's a lifting crane shot of looking down on it. And it's just a great illustration of, oh, this is a certifiable nut job. Like he's yeah. nuts. So at this point, we get a news report. There's a lot of there's too many news reports in this movie, by the way. There's way too many news reports to advance the plot. I liked it though. I was, I was, I thought it was very crutchy. Of quickly, we can relay a bunch of information by having people just shout, shout it at the audience because there's too much stuff in this movie and we need to get through all of it. So quickly, let's have an exposition samba. Have these two reporters. Well, I also like that the reporter thing makes it in a wider scope. Like if you have two characters talk about, oh, did you hear that one person died? It's a small scale, but when a, when the news says, hey the fashion world lost de- these people and Dessa reported X like, like, Oh, it's big. It's not just two people. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose that's possible, but it, my issue is not that they do that once or twice. There's like four or five really lengthy news sequences. The newscasters are like a C plot in this movie. And, but I, I do love the makeup list newscasters, <laughs> the, the zits and the sweat and the grossness. <laughs> Their hair is like flyaway city. So you mentioned it there, a second ago but they're like oh this model died and the picture they show of her has the joker rictus mm-hmm. why are they showing a picture of her past death why is it not a glamour like, shot why yeah. is there an autopsy photo on the news that seems really <laughs> dark yeah why is this like the crime scene photo right right and so the joker frequent the reason why they have so many news cutaways is so they can have all these scenes where the joker cuts in on the newscast and is like ah i'm called controlling the signal now Smilex. My Smilex products will give you a smile. Yeah, the fake the fake ads he does are pretty bonkers and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So people in Gotham are scared to use cosmetics because they he's like, yeah, they've all been tainted with my special chemical. And no one knows what products or where or how they're affected. So all the newscasters just look really homely. It's pretty hilarious, actually. I, I was a big fan. Then he has that like creepy model he kidnapped in his place wearing that mask. No, it's his it's his girlfriend from the beginning. Oh, that's right. Okay. I was I got that screwed up. But mm-hmm. she's wearing this like death mask. Yeah, it's like porcelain doll mask. Yeah. It's weird. It's very unsettling. But it, when she takes it off later, I didn't think her scarring underneath was I've, that bad. I was like, "Oh, that that's it?" Yeah, I was ex- 
It looks like she got a sunburn. Yeah, I was expecting like American Werewolf in London, like her cheek in shreds or something really gross. And instead I was just like, oh, that's not as bad as uh, whatever. So he... And this is actually, fun fact, this is one of the first movies to have two soundtracks. Oh, the, the score, score and the soundtrack. And the soundtrack. Yeah, because there's mm-hmm. Prince all over the damn place in this thing. Because the studio was like, we want Prince to do the Joker and Michael Jackson to do the romance. And Tim Burton was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but what if yes? <laughs> we have like a lot of money and nothing to do with it. I mean, we can always buy more cocaine, but the 80s are almost over and we feel like we should probably cut down that a little bit. <laughs> Probably would wean ourselves yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. We feel like that's not going to be a, such um, a good look in the 90s, so we should probably chill a little bit with it. So, yeah, that's why this movie had two sound, had the print soundtrack and the Daniel. Because the print stuff does feel a little shoehorned in in some scenes. There are some where it's really natural and some where it's kind of ridiculous. The museum scene feels like a weird museum. Yes, video. I felt the same way. Is that the is that the first museum scene that we're coming up on here? I think where Vicky Vale's there and there's the gas mask. And they're painting yes, stuff. Yes. Okay. That, yeah. So it's a bizarre museum that they, Vicky Vale gets invited to it, and then she by she thinks Bruce Wayne, and then she calls Bruce to tell him she's running late. And which point Bruce is like, "I didn't invite her to a museum. Oh shit! I'm about to save the day." And the Joker and his crew yeah, right. bust in. To the, it's all weird art, like very strange art that is in this museum. Nothing is logical here. And like you said, it's a bizarro Prince music video. It's if you've seen the music video for How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. It's like a, it feels like that. Like there's a lot of bright colors, a lot of weird dancing around, a lot of poking in and out of stuff. Yeah, he does like a sort of back and forth shuffle and then they're just ruining paintings and artwork like they're spray painting stuff, they're 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 using paint brushes on stuff, they're smashing things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then he had sent Vicky a gas mask and then he gasses the whole place and they kills everybody in it except for her because of her gas mask obviously. Mm-hmm. has a long conversation with her and then batman obviously shows up to save the day like he does you know saving the day because yeah uh, and we get a pretty cool chase sequence with the batmobile and the joker's uh purple painted cars for no reason i mean i think college humor did a joke about gotham city henchmen are different than every other henchman they're like he was like i don't know what suit to wear and they're like wear whatever the hell you want and he was like what's that getaway car is it a red penguin is it a is it a, a yellow rubber duck? And they're like, it's a, it's a regular car. <laughs> it's a four-door sedan. Get in. And he's like, that's it? <laughs> There's a scene where, or a segment of this chase scene where the Batmobile shoots a wire out and it like wraps around a telephone pole and it makes a really hard turn. And from everything I've read about mm-hmm. this Batmobile, I don't think that was like a cute stunt. I think it was legitimately the only way to make this car make that turn because... It's such a long wheelbase that it's basically like a city bus. And yeah, it does. It does the like three lane yeah. turn. And so to make it do this hard turn, I think the wire was probably absolutely necessary to get it to cut across like that. I wouldn't be shocked. So this leads to a big fist fight with goons while Vicky Vale takes pictures. Because Vicky. <laughs> Although there's there's Vicky. one moment that I kind of enjoyed. It's just for the dumb society thing of it of. He shoots his little grappling hook up, and he's carrying her out, and he's like, how much do you weigh? She's like, about 105, and they, they get stuck, and he like zips her out of there and goes down to have the fist fight, and then later they read up again, and he's like, I don't think you weigh 105. <laughs> there are, I, it's a cu- I was like, that's stupid and dumb, but whatever. Like, I kind of enjoyed the stupidity of that moment of him being like frustrated that she weighed. Like, how how 
underpowered is his grappling hook that he can't rescue him and a 105 pound person because that batman's fucked if he comes to this society yeah absolutely with all of our he isn't getting with anywhere. all of our neck down fat people he's not rescuing anybody with a grappling hook with our american size <laughs> shooting him from the from the neck down on the six o'clock news <laughs> oh yeah so he finishes the fight and then we get batman with a self-driving car which is pretty dope yeah, it's nice. Like a pre-Tesla, which makes sense, because only the rich mm-hmm. people get the stuff first, and then it trickles down to everybody else. Yeah, it'll get there, <laughs> eventually. So, this is where we get this long sequence of Vicky trying to figure out Batman's identity. Mm-hmm. And Batman gives her the key to the makeup. He's like, hey, I figure it's the combination that kills people, so tell people not to com- combine these products, and they'll be fine. And she's like, why didn't you take this to the news yourself? You could easily have done that. And he's like... Shut up. And then he, like, hits her in the head, and mm-hmm. she wakes up the next morning in her own bed, like, just thrown on it, not tucked in or anything, <laughs> just thrown across the bed's bed. And she- Although, I feel like if you, if you were tucked in, I feel like I would rather wake up strewn across the bed than tucked in my bed. Really? Yeah. I would feel very unnerved. Like, what did he- why did he tuck me in? But at least he could have dumped her with, like, her head toward the pillows, right? That's She's barely okay. on I'll the bed. She's she's long ways across yeah. the bed, and she wakes up and rolls over and starts like patting her be- breast, and I was like, oh god, is this is this going to be really? <laughs> oh yeah, the film canister, and she's like, damn it, he took the film, which means he went in there. Yeah, he got in there. Maybe he made Alfred do it. <laughs> oh, poor Alfred, poor Alfred. Right, like he's been put up. Every variation of Alfred is a different older British guy who gets really put upon. I know, and this time it's Scar from The Lion King. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's Jeremy Irons. Oh, oh, oh I, okay. I thought you were talking about this old guy, and I was like, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. In, in BVS. Jeremy Irons is like 20 years too young to play Alfred to me. You think? Alfred needs to be very old, like puttery. How old, how old is... 65? Is at best? At oldest? I think she's probably in his late... Fi- he looks like... I would guess Jeremy Irons is like 60 to 65. Let's find out. He's 67. Okay, I was off by a little mm-hmm. bit. I, but he looks Alfred old. needs to be 80 to me. He needs to be real puttery. Okay. Mike O'Kane. Yeah, but, like, this guy is a great Alfred, too, in, in the when we're talking about now. Like, I don't know, Jeremy Irons looks like he could probably whip your ass if he needed to. Yeah, yeah, that's I, true. Well, I think I think that's kind of Alfred, I want Alfred though. looking real doughy. Like, he used to be a badass, <laughs> and now he's just kind of puttering and making tea. He, you don't want Butler from Artemis No, L. no. How has that never been made into a movie, by the way? I thought, I think they, I think they've tried. It's hard because the main character is 12 years yeah, old. Yeah, I guess that's a problem. And, like... You have to either age him up or get a 12-year-old, and to get a 12-year-old sounds like hell. I guess. So, the Joker arrives at Vicky Vale's apartment while Bruce is there talking to her, and mm-hmm. Bruce, like, ducks it down a back corridor magically. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't really explain how the, no one notices this, but he just kind of is like, later, and out he goes. And he puts a metal, he puts a metal tray in his yeah. shirt so he can get shot. He does a Back to the Future 3. Mm-hmm. And... Joker does his real long monologue and blah, 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 and then finally does... I murdered your parents. Well, he doesn't quite say that, but he does drop the famous, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Which he even admits is a gibberish sentence, which I kind of enjoy. And then that's what... Bruce gets shot, and then that's what sends him off in the flashback later that he reveals that the Joker killed his parents, which made me really super upset while watching this movie, because I had forgotten that particular sequence. So did I until I was like, because Joker's like, you made me. And Batman's like, you made me. Yeah. 
It's like, guy, ladies, calm down. Like, it just, it just doesn't need to happen that way. It's just stupid. Also, I liked how he gets shot through the silver plate or whatever, and the bullet goes like three quarters of the way through, but not all the way. He still would have a pretty big chest wound. He would, <laughs> if not a bruise. Right. It's a gaping hole in his flesh. The bullet gets stopped, but not completely stopped. Yeah. So he has to go rescue Vicky because Abby. Right. And this, we finally, after this sequence, get the flashback. It takes 86 minutes before we get to Batman's parents got killed in front of him. And then with. Which is. I, well, I appreciate that they didn't show. Oh, I have no either. problem with it. And But then the Joker reveal kind of drove me crazy, as we've talked about nine times now. And at this point, they say they're going to cancel the bicentennial celebration because they can't guarantee public safety. It's at this point they decide that. <laughs> but, Mayor for <laughs> Before that, they were totally, really fine with it, but now it's super not. And so the Joker cuts in for like the 400th time on television mm. and is like. I'm giving away $20 million in cash, just throwing it in the streets like a crazy Mardi Gras. <laughs> so how about you show up, everybody? And then the this is, again, back to why you would live in Gotham. Who shows up to that parade? If the chief of police in Gotham is like, yeah, we got, we're, we're, we're so out of our element right now. We're, we are boned. We are canceling this event. <laughs> and then a supervillain shows up who has admitted to killing people and is like, Oh, I'm going to throw some money out. And a lot of people are like, cool, I'm in. Let's get some cash. It's a lot of homeless people, though. So. I mean, I guess. What else I guess. And maybe he makes his own henchmen go to, like, pad the numbers. Oh, I bet. There's He's like, be. this is your holiday bonus. <laughs> Take what you can. Roll yourself yeah. in honey. <laughs> Roll yourself in honey. I hope yeah. no lions show He's... up. <laughs> or bears. Or deer, if we're going with fat camp. <laughs> Heavyweights. heavyweights. That's what it's called. The movie you're trying to write. In my head, uh, heavyweights, Joe Carr, Batman Podcast. I'm going to just uh, <laughs> pack it up here, fold <laughs> these papers. That's uh, that's all for me, Send folks. Home. You have a nice day, nice week, whatever. We'll, we'll be back for oh, a new episode. And two I call weeks. it Fat Camp. <sighs> I can't even with you sometimes. <laughs> well, this is the longest stretch of podcasts I've gone without referencing Goldberg. Well, he's not in that. He's not in that movie as Goldberg. He's just a fat oh, child that's, actor that's true. Okay. who was in that movie. Oh, also, I forgot to mention this before, but when we talk about Batman's parents dying and we have that flashback sequence, her pearls get ripped and, you know, scatter on the pavement, which is kind of cool looking. But also a box of popcorn? Yeah, I think that's a thing. That's that, that's a visual from one of the comics. Because in the Arkham games, too, there's the broken pearls. No, I know about the broken pearls, but I've never seen the popcorn before. Oh, I don't know. She was holding a box of popcorn that she walked out of the opera with. They sell popcorn mm. at the opera? That seems like a weird thing to sell at a fancy-ass event like that. I mean, they might have. See, they switch. Sometimes they're the opera. Sometimes they're, they went to see Zorro. Zorro? The movie. Zorro. They went to see a Zorro movie sometimes. Oh, because that would make sense why Batman would have a mask and stuff? Yeah. Got it. It's either a weird hellish nonsense opera with bats or Zorro. Okay. Before the parade brings Vicky into the Batcave while Bruce is there as Bruce and not Batman, so he just casually reveals his identity to her, mm -hmm. which is kind of a bizarre move for the butler to make, I think. Yeah, right? Sort of a weird power move for him to be like, well, now she knows who he is. Suck it. Make a baby. I'm tired of this nonsense. <laughs> I'm so over this. I want to play Alfred. I think me as Alfred would be the weird, it would be the most fun change they could make to the Batman universe. What, like, suddenly Alfred is 25 and Batman's 50? Yeah. 
Bat- Alfred is like a sassy 25-year-old. <laughs> and then they make you into Robin in the third one? Yeah, that would be it. Suddenly that's the way that, that sequence goes? <laughs> he gives you the keys and your name just happens to be Robin, not Alfred, the yeah, whole time? exactly. It's it's My real name is if You're Robin. Robin Alfred Pennyworth? Yeah, the yeah. third. So the money parade ends with a huge sequence of everybody getting gassed. The the floats, like mm-hmm. Macy-style floats, are full of Joker's poison gas, and he is just gassing everybody with them. Because they showed up for that $20 million. Like a bunch of idiots. I have no sympathy for them. They're stupid. So the Batman comes with the Batplane and just collects them all and drags them off into space? I think it's called the Batwing. The Batwing? Usually it's called the Batwing. Okay. Batwing. Whatever. Batplane. He drags him to space, and there's an awkward shot where the plane, Batwing, rather, silhouettes against the moon to make the Batman logo before dropping back down to Earth. Kind of we don't have time for this, Batman. Kind of <laughs> we don't have time for your... St- Style points are getting you like, nowhere, sir. He's killing people on the ground, and you're silhouetting against the moon for shits do you, remember, and do you remember that part? Remember the, the, the murder, murder part? The people with the insane face facial expressions as they die, unable to scream? That seems uncomfortable to me. Maybe you should get involved there. But he finally does shoot at the Joker. Yes, he does. Batman doesn't have the no-kill rule in this movie. He kills a couple of people, and he tries to kill the Joker. He does? Yeah, he throws one dude down a bell tower shaft, like in the fight that follows this. Oh, he just straight up throws right. him 40 or 50 stories down. Like, you're not surviving that. No, I mean, he doesn't... Okay, yeah. He doesn't have the gun rule, really. He has, other than this Batwing part, where he shoots at the Joker. Yeah, which is a gun. I know, but I'm saying, other than this part, there's the no-gun rule. Right. Which is another thing that's bizarre about the trailer for Batman vs. Superman, because he's carrying a large rifle in it at one point. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on with that movie. I don't get it. Anyway, so he does. He shoots at the Joker. He kind of strafes him. The Joker pulls the largest pistol in the world out of his pants. It is a full-on sniper rifle with a handgun at the end of it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's slightly Although, it's slightly shorter than Clint Eastwood's in Sudden Impact by, like, you know, six inches or so. But it's still mm-hmm. pretty ridiculous. He literally reaches, like, the gun is sitting at his waistband, and he pulls it out, and it comes all the way up from the bottom of his leg. Like, it was tucked into it was, his Yeah, shirt. it definitely was. It was dragging on the ground, and he it's just a hysterically long pistol. But I kind of enjoyed it for the absurdity of it, given how crazy this character is. Yeah. I think someone said, like, I think Cracked or someone was like, yeah, if you look, like, physics-wise, that pistol wouldn't shoot anything. No, the bullet would just bloop out of the end of the barrel. It wouldn't even make it to the end of the barrel. Yeah. It would just, like... Sadly fall out like a rabbit turd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to, like, shake, turn the gun over and <laughs> yes. shake it. This leads to a big fight in the cathedral where the Joker is taking Vicky Vale and up to the roof, and he's dancing with her as the henchmen st- try to stop Batman as he fights his way to the top. Because I guess that's a standard Batman thing, having to fight your way to the top of a large building. I think it's happened It happened in the Nolan Batmans. It's happened here. Yeah, it happens yeah, everywhere. It's just a standard Batman thing, I guess. It's in the Arkham game. Yeah, a lot. You fight a lot of towers <laughs> in the Arkham game. Okay, 28 floors, 20 Batman per floor. Like, this is, this is awful. This is so long. This is bananas. It's a cool set, the cathedral. Again, too dark, but everything in this stupid movie is. And then we finally, he finally gets to the top level. He throws one guy down the bell shaft. And then... Like yeah, you do. Well, and then there's also a guy who does this crazy backflip sequence. Ten backflips in a row and then like lands and is like, yeah! yeah! And Batman just like, sighs and kicks... Or, or, no, he doesn't even do that. His final backflip is supposed to be stabbing him, and Batman pulls something out of his sleeve and just punches him in the heart or something, and the guy just collapses. 
because why well, not? Well, it's a great ripoff of the Indiana Jones, you know, swords and the pistol bit, but it was just uh, like this whole sequence is way too long. The final fight is like 15 full minutes of, of this crap. Yeah, this needs to yeah, be shorter. The whole movie needs to be shorter. Finally, we get Batman and the Joker showdown. They throw some fists. The Joker ends up going over the ledge. Batman tries to save him. The Joker yanks them over, and then the Joker plunges to his death. Because mm-hmm. he gets tied to a, a gargoyle that falls yes. over. And Batman and Vicky Vale get saved by a bat gadget. And the final shot of this movie is the police going, we're now working with the Batman. And they're like, how will he know we need us? And he's like, he gave us this. And it's the bat signal. Aww. Yeah. Which seems like a pretty impractical way to get a hold of him. Perhaps he could have put in a phone somewhere. What if it's not cloudy, yeah. guys? What if it's the middle of the day? I mean, I know it's Gotham. Well, Batman doesn't show up. In the- <laughs> he, he could. Theoretically, he could. But he won't. Batman he will refuses? not. He refuses? He refuses. He so why doesn't all Gotham crime happen during the daylight hours? I would be in the day. I would be the day man. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Champion of the sun. It is true, though. There's that one really great sequence in the third Batman where Bane attacks the stock exchange, and it's broad daylight when they enter, and they leave in broad daylight, and they go under a bridge, and suddenly it's nighttime. Because Batman can't be out right. of Right. He looks silly, which I guess is true. So after revisiting this, what are your thoughts on Batman 89? I still prefer Returns, but it's a way better movie than I remember it being. Like, it's got stronger elements, the visual style of the of it being an Alan Moore comic, and the and Jack Nicholson's Joker is way better than I remembered. Yeah, Nicholson really carried this movie for me, and I it's funny, I remembered not really liking this movie, but it holds up a lot better than I thought it would. It also is very prototypical of the modern superhero stuff. Like, all of that pretty much rips off this in big ways, including being way too damn long. Because every one of these superhero yeah. movies is, like, way too damn long. I was overjoyed to find out Ant-Man was 94 minutes. Is yeah, it really? that's exactly how long these movies should be. Like, 105 tops. And Avengers 2 was, I think, nine hours. I'm, I think I'm still watching it. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm... <laughs> I haven't I'm stopped. I'm pretty sure I just haven't stopped watching it since it came out. Because it's, it's uh, 212 hours or something like that. It's a, it's a it's 127. Yeah, hours. I, well, it's actually longer than that because I remember reading when it came out that they were like, yeah, the guy who got trapped by a boulder for days, he couldn't have watched this whole movie before he got freed. So the theaters were really upset about you know having to book off like a five day block for one movie, but you know it's the <laughs> Avengers. So I, I mean that 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 part even is true that like they've they've always been too long these superhero movies. But yeah, I I I was expecting to really hate this, and mostly I just was like, oh, it's not terrible, it's not great. I wouldn't, I don't think I don't need to watch this again for quite some time, and I I respect it for the historical historical significance. But it's often the case when revisiting really old stuff that you're like, oh, I see where this got ripped off a bunch, but I've already seen all the things that ripped it off, so this doesn't do quite as much for me. Yeah. Um. So I would recommend. Yeah, I, I would give it a soft recommend. If you've never seen it, it it's not going to kill you. But if you, ha- I would say if you're not super into Batman, it's really not going to do anything for you at all. If you haven't watched it in a while and you remember enjoying it as a kid, I would definitely say watch it again. Okay. Here's a crazy one for you. Mary, F, kill, Keaton, Bale. Who's the third guy? The third yeah, guy? Who are putting in third? Because there's five Batmans. Um, Is it Clooney, Kilmer, or Ben Affleck? I think it can't be Clooney. I think it has to be Kilmer or Affleck. Why can't it be Clooney? Because that movie's that movie is just so bad, <laughs> and he apologized. Like he apologizes for that. I movie. guess I've probably watched um, it more times than any other Batman movie. Yeah, I watched it because my friends had to do the drinking game a lot. Oh, okay. 
So who's your third in the Mary F. Kill trilogy? We'll say Affleck. Okay, go for it. And we're saying their portrayal of that man. I'm going to marry Bale because that also implies I'm effing Bale. (laughs) Presumably Um, it's not a loveless marriage. Yeah, because A, that universe also includes Anne Hathaway and Morgan Freeman (laughs) and Michael Caine. Okay. I'm going to F Michael Keaton because he's also Beetlejuice. And... Uh, I guess kill Ben Affleck. I hate. I always bring these up thinking it's going to be interesting, and then I let you go first, and you name them in exactly the order that I'm going to name them. The reasons are always slightly <laughs> different, but I'm always like, oh, okay, that was what I was going to say. This isn't going to be that funny. Literally every time I bring this up, I hope for a different result, and that's what happens. For me, Bale wins because it's the modern universe, and it's there's all, it's just more like day to day for me and the gotham in bale's mm-hmm. universe seems much more livable than the gotham in either the end of the world movie that's coming out this week or the keaton one and the the ben affleck one i'm just like over it entirely and have i i'm not going to see it until home video in some capacity because i just could not care any less Unless yeah. the reviews come out like ninety nine percent in favor of it, and I, they're, I'm totally wrong on my reading of the situation. I have just no interest whatsoever. I doubt that's gonna no. Be it's the case. I, my. I think it's going to be a solid like fifty four, and then DC is like, "What are we gonna do?" Maybe make the damn Wonder Woman movie everyone's been asking for. I just don't. It's just so baffling to me that like. So Deadpool. Did you see Deadpool yet? I okay, haven't. Yet. So Deadpool came out. It's awesome. It's this fun breath of fresh air. And the lesson that they're going to glean from it is, oh, people want them to swear and break the fourth wall. And it's like, no, what we want is stuff that feels wholly original and different and fun and interesting. And true to the character. And so there's nothing wrong with doing Batman versus Superman. Like that's happened in the comics. There's a comic. I mean, I would edit out all of the nonsense of Frank Miller, but that basic idea is fine. But they're so desperate to make nine movies at a time that they can't just make one good one. And so it's like back in the day when you made nine Friday the 13th, it's because like the first one or two did okay. And they're like, well, just keep doing it until they don't want to see them anymore. Versus now you can't make one movie. You have to set up nine and it's just baffling. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. It's crazy to like set up a universe and hope that the first one is going to hit so that you can make the rest of it instead of make some movies and whichever ones do well, make more of them like you always do. Yeah, and it's the same with books, too. We read a book a a couple years ago called, like, Quarantine or something about, like, a high school that, like, you and I, we. It was, like, a high school that got, like, underwent something where all the adults died and the kids were... Are you talking about the girl who owned a city? Trapped. No, 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 no. It was recently. Okay. Within the past couple years. It was called, like, Quarantine or, like, Lockdown. And it was stuck... These kids were stuck in a high school, and then the government came in and, like put a bubble around them. It was like, yeah, you kids can't come out because you will infect the rest of the world. And then I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I got to the end and it was like, to be continued. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to read eight more right. books. Well, it's always three books at minimum now. And it's always the, the, the movies are playing out like this. And I just, it's fatiguing to me. Like I, I've talked about this for a long time with the Marvel stuff. As they got into where five years ago, they were telling me the movies that were coming out in 2024, 
that's exhausting. That's a that's a lot that makes it feel like work to me. And I have to say, I think it's part of the reason why I didn't get super into Jessica Jones or Daredevil is by the fourth or fifth episode, I was like, I do, can you get to the point already? What am I doing here? And do I have to watch this to understand what's going to happen in the next movie? Just like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show? I don't, I'm not giving you 25 hours a year on television. I'm sorry. There's too much good TV to watch Agent Coulson run around with a bunch of people I haven't heard of and couldn't care about. So... See, I will I will give you the Agents of Shield because I feel the same way. Jessica Jones is fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people love it. I, it just hasn't hooked me. I, I literally watched it in three right. days, and that's you've been the what I've heard over and over and over from a lot of people. It just hasn't really hooked me that way, and it's weird because I like her. I love David Tennant. I just it just hasn't hooked me in a way that I like have to watch them all. Although, frankly, by the time this podcast comes out, we're recording a little early. I may have finished it, but. I had the same problem with Daredevil. It's very cool looking, but it's like super duper dark and lots of like, growling in the darkness. And after a certain point, I'm like, I don't need 10 or 12 hours of this. I just super don't need 12 hours of this punchy in the darkness nonsense. Yeah. So the idea of a almost three hour long Batman versus Superman that has 28 other characters in it that are all going to spin off into their own movies makes me nauseous. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> like, just make a goddamn Wonder Woman movie just do it the way marvel pretty clearly laid the path of a bunch of superheroes then they team up then they split apart again then they team up just do that just to rip it off you can't jump to avengers 2 you can't jump to that i'm sorry you're not that's not how it works you haven't heard right. that we your movies have been garbage man of steel is hot stinky summer day garbage mm-hmm. and but i mean i know people who like it i am i've never seen it i've never really wanted to see it Superman has no stakes. Yeah, I find it really boring. And the thing that Superman fans always tell me is, oh, but the context of, like, he knows that he's going to outlive everyone he loves and they're all going to die. Well, make that movie. That movie sounds interesting. I would watch that movie. I've never seen that. Right. You can't just tell me that's right. there. They're like, oh, go read the comic book. That's just, that's, again, homework. I want it, I want it easily digestible for my fat, lazy ass is what I want. When you when you turn your beloved franchise into something new for everyone, you want it palatable for the most people. Like take their most interesting story and do it in a way that I can understand. Right. So that's what I want. The thing that I always use is the mom test. Does this pass the mom test? Which is where our mother becomes aware of it and is interested. Mm-hmm. I think Ant Man is about as far as you could get her. Like she liked Cap. She like I'm pretty sure she liked Iron Man. Like you can get her on board for that. There is no way on earth. The dark, gritty Batman and Superman punching each other to death, growling like, I'm going to make you bleed. Zero percent chance. Oh, our mother's never seen And she is my litmus test for things being like super duper smash successful. Because like when the Avengers trailer came out, she's like, oh, man, that looks like fun. All the the whole gang's there punching things like I'm into it. And that movie made a billion or two billion dollars. And so. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just, I know that Batman vs Superman is going to make a lot of money. It is because it's going to get a lot of nerdy idiots out to it who like are going to see it knowing they're going to hate it, which I don't understand whatsoever. And I, I've just, why would you give that your money? That is, that is the whole reason I'm not going to see it. Like I know it sucks. I don't need to prove it. Like I, it's totally fine for it to suck and me not to give them my money about it. Because here's my thing. Now that I have like a real people job, I can quantify my dollars into time. So I'm like, it will cost me this many hours of my yeah. life to see that right. movie on top of the two hours I will be there watching right. the movie. It has to be worth – if this movie is not worth four hours to me, done. We're right. done, though. And it is not. I can assure you that it's not. There is no way this insane soup that is made by committee of like, oh, we'll just throw all the people into it. 
just terrible. So sorry, that was a big long sidetrack, but it's the end of the podcast. Make Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, make Wonder Woman. Damn it. God damn it. There's not been give her pants. There's not been one female superhero given her own movie. Holy shit, people like that. You will get so many, even if you do it from the cynical bastard standpoint of we're doing this solely so we get the credit for being the first ones to make a female-driven superhero movie. I don't care. Give it to a female director who's talented. Give her a modest budget of like 50. Give her, give Amy Heckerling a job. She would do it great. Give her, give her like, give the director like $60 million, make a modestly budgeted movie where you just give them a small amount of money and say, go make this. Cause there's no way you're not getting hundred million bucks out of a Wonder Woman movie, you're going to make your money back. At minimum, you're you're going to make your money back. So go go do that. That's that's the thing that people want. Do it. That guys. is. A- there are plenty of lady superheroes. Right, but do one. Like somebody needs to be the first one to do this. It's so stupid that we have the same. Like, we have had four different people, five different people play Batman, and not once have we had a Wonder Woman movie. Mm-mm. Like we've re- Spider Man was rebooted within three years. Right. There are six Come Spider-Man on, movies. Batman just ended, and you're already bringing right. him back. Give give Stop Wonder it. Woman a movie. For Christ's sake, give her a movie. It's not that hard. It's not that big of a risk for you to take to give her a movie. She's an Amazon <laughs> queen. But see, so here, and then here's what's going to happen, right? So they'll make the Wonder Woman movie, but it's going to be a $300 million budget. It's going to be like a big, bloaty CGI mess. Everyone's going to hate it, and they're going to go, well, people don't like women superheroes. Like, What? How did you clean that lesson from this? Make a do it. Make right. a good movie, and people will go see it. That's why I brought up Deadpool before. It was like a sixty million dollar budget. They let the director pretty much do whatever the hell he wanted, and he made a really great movie that's fun to watch and stupid. Ryan Reynolds took out his dingling. <laughs> yes, he did. But it's it's fun. It's fun and stupid, and it's great and glorious. And it doesn't make sense with the other superheroes, but it's great for his dumb little thing. That's the point, though. Right? Exactly. Huh. Ugh. We have to do Batman taglines. Hot tag tagline. Batman. Oh, that's where this came from. (laughs) Hot tag tagline. Batman 89. Hey, uh, Mr. Nicholson, we we do need you to put the white makeup on today. Yes, I know. I know it's really a long process, but we we super do need you to put the makeup on today. We need three days at least. (laughs) I think that about wraps it up here. If uh, you'd like to get a little bit more Dissecting the 80s in your life, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dissecting the 80s. Very active on the Twitter account for us. It's at Dissectomania or twitter.com slash Dissectomania. Uh, Slightly different there. And we also have DissectingThe80s.com. You can find anything you'd ever want to know about this program, uh, a little bit more info about us, the Hall of Fame, all those fun things. We do have one request, and that is, please, oh please, would you review this show on iTunes? If you do that, I will read it out on the air, so feel free to air your grievances, tell us how much you love us, do whatever you want. I don't care what star rating you give us, but we would love to have your review. It makes a huge difference for us and other podcasts, so if you like a podcast... Not just us. If you like any podcast, go review them. It makes a big difference to them. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. So why don't we give the people a clue for our next episode? (laughs) A bathroom break before we continue this episode? (laughs) No, we're about done. We're about done. 